name is Tim, the youth and schools worker here at Bethel. And I offer you a warm welcome to our new series called Unchained, where we'll be following the life of Moses from his unexpected upbringing to exile and redemption. We've used the imagery of chains to visualise this story arc from Moses' life to help us to understand what we do with these chains, what makes them, how they hold us down maybe, and most importantly, how we break them. Firstly, I want to thank you for joining us, and we pray that God will bless you as you listen and contemplate the truths being shared today. Secondly, thank you to everyone who gets involved in these services. We really couldn't make them without you. So the series over the next few weeks may feel a little different. The format has been crafted to give time for discussion and contemplation, offering up questions you can discuss in a group like our youth will be doing, or you can think and contemplate them on your own with God. There are points in the service where you can press pause to give yourself time to think and discuss. And then, when ready, you can press play again and continue to the next part of the service. I wanted us to start tonight with a short time of worship. The theme of this series has been Unchained, and there is no better hymn to sing about this than Amazing Grace. This version that we sing has the added chorus, and it proclaims, My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Saviour has ransomed me. What an amazing God we worship. To know that our chains, our hang-ups, our personal failures and sins are stripped away in his presence and by his grace and mercy we can come to him. God, we thank you for all that you do in our lives, all the intricate things you've done for us to be right here and right now. Remind us of your grace, remind us of your forgiveness, and help us to bring our thanks to you in praise and service to your kingdom. Amen.
One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labour. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, 
Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, What I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. When we last saw Moses, he was a baby, given up in sacrifice by his mother to save his life. Moses has now grown up. In fact, 40 years have gone by. This whole time, he has lived in Pharaoh's household and he's had access to all the finest things. It says actually later in the book of Acts when Stephen is speaking to the Sanhedrin that Moses was well-educated and powerful in speech and action. You can almost draw the conclusion that Moses was being groomed to be the next king. And this was his status. So why on earth did Moses decide whilst out on a stroll to see the slaves working, did he choose to act in such a way as to kill a man in cold blood and then try to hide the body in the sand? See, there are some hints in this passage. It says he went out to see his own people, not the slaves or the Hebrew or the Israelite people, but his own people. We can draw the conclusion here that Moses knew where he had come from. He knew who he was. He knew whose he was. So when on this day he decided to go out to see his people and see them working, he saw one of them, an Israelite, being brutalised by an Egyptian. And in this moment he saw his opportunity. We read in Hebrews 11, 24 to 26, how Moses had been unhappy in the court of Pharaoh. So did he, in this moment, see an opportunity to achieve God's will for his people? Maybe. Problem was, though, this was by his hands and not God's. Moses could have used his power and influence to chastise the Egyptian, but no, he killed him. Who knows if it was in anger or self-justified rage. Looking this way and that, he was checking no one was watching. And after, he buried the body in the sand so no one could find it, trying to hide and cover up his misguided act. There is a history of wrongs being covered up with the hope that no one notices. I mean, right at the start of the Bible, Adam and Eve tried it on and discovered that you can't hide anything from God. What did he think he was doing? God's work? That this act would make up for years of enslavement and mistreatment of his people and would deliver them from the Egyptian oppressors? Did he think he could single-handedly enact God's plan? Moses' intentions may have been trying to show that the Israelites, that he could lead them, be their protector, their saviour from this slavery. But in acting rashly and murdering the Egyptian, the Israelite people wanted nothing to do with him. Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed that Egyptian? Moses had failed. He had acted for himself without fully understanding God's plan and timing. And he'd paid the price for this. He was making his own chain, link by link. A chain that would bind him in guilt and fear for a long time to come. So at this point, the truth is out. 
everyone knew what he had done. Moses was now despised by both sides. Pharaoh wanted him killed and the Israelites didn't want anything to do with him or even see them as their new leader. And with no one and nowhere to turn to, his only choice was self-imposed exile and he ran. He ran away from his home and from his people. How do we sometimes act rashly in pursuit of God's kingdom or promise? Why do we try to hide things from God? Moses failed in an epic way. What should he have done differently? Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked them, Why have you returned so early today? They answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he? Ruel asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. God can draw straight lines with crooked sticks. I love that quote, often attributed to Martin Luther. So one of the things we can learn and know about God is the way that he uses failures. The Bible is littered with people who failed only for God to use the ruins of their failure to build back stronger and better. The old trope is that Noah was a drunk and let a bit too much show. Both Abraham and Isaac lied about their wives being their sisters. Jacob did the old switcheroo with his brother so his father would give him the birthright. David did the deed with Bathsheba and tried to cover it up by having her husband murdered. Jesus' closest friends abandoned him to be tortured and die on the cross. Peter had soap opera grade amnesia until the cockerel crowed, not once, not twice, but three times. And as we see here now, Moses killed an Egyptian in cold blood and tried to cover it up. We are so blessed that their stories don't end in their failures. That God doesn't say, whoops, another failure, right back to the drawing board. Each of these people are given a chance to learn from their failure and a chance for redemption. And that's where we find ourselves now. Moses has failed in his intention to free the Israelite people. He has fled Egypt and gone south to Midian chained in fear and guilt. 
It's a fair old distance he would have covered from Egypt to Midian, and it would have been a humbling and sobering experience traversing the desert. It was during this time that Moses learnt from his failure. Sitting at the well, he could see some women trying to get water for their sheep. Watching them be pushed around by the other shepherds, it's hinted at by the father's comments later that this is a regular occurrence for them, as it can take them time to wait for their moment at the well. On this day though, Moses steps in to defend the women. They would have been considered some of the lowest in society. Moses is starting to learn the right way to be though, and with a servant heart, he helps them retrieve water for their sheep. Moses is taken in by the women's father and leaves his royal titles behind. He enters into this Midianite's extended family, even marrying one of his daughters and becoming a shepherd. Not just a shepherd though, a shepherd in the most distant wildernesses of the desert too. And it's in these wildernesses, and with his new family and duties, God gave Moses the lessons in leadership he needed further refining his servant heart that he had shown at that well. Removing the chains made up with links of fear and guilt and anger and entitlement and replacing them with a heart and a head built for God's service. Moses' best lesson was learning that his weakness was the opportunity God needed to make him strong. This took 40 years a difficult concept given our current culture of everything being instantaneous. But this 40 years was time with God, time to be shaped and prepared for the next step in his life. Because while God was preparing Moses to be a leader, he was also preparing the Israelites to be led. He remembered his promise to break their chains and he heard their groaning. God just needed to break Moses' chains first to shape the leader that they needed. What chains shackle you to your past failures? Moses was in the wilderness for 40 years learning lessons from God. How can you remain focused when waiting on God? Is God using this time to prepare you for something? Let's pray. God, we thank you for this wonderful lesson through the life of Moses. Help me to better understand your timing. When I just want to take things into my own hands, remind me to place them in yours. Thank you that you are not finished with me yet and that even in my failures, you can teach me, build me up and set me on the right path to do your work. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this evening service and study. We hope you enjoyed it. Join us again next week where we'll be looking at the next steps in Moses' life. But for now, may God bless you.